The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hello, hello. You are back inside the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We are streaming on the web at KUCI.org. We are always available via podcast. You can go to KUCI.org, click on podcast, scroll down to our archives, and uh, find the chat room there. Oddly, I did this last week, and I found out that for some reason, it only worked when I was using the Firefox browser. Otherwise, I had to hook up to this RSS feed. So if you're having trouble finding us, check us out using the Firefox browser, and uh, you should be able to find all of our shows there. If you can't find us, we are also on Facebook under the chat room, and uh, you can always write to us there. Tell uh, Tell us what you think of us as long as it's nice and good, and uh, friend us, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll be able to see all of our past shows, past guests, all up there. I am your host, Marie Stone. On the phone with us is Dana Flores. Dana, hi. Hello, Marie. Nice to be with you again. I miss you. I know. I miss you, too. So we are incredibly lucky today to be joined by Renee Allison Spina. Renee has found her calling in helping young people navigate their relationship choices. For over eight years, she has helped Love Struck tackle their most heartbreaking, intimate challenges. In 2003, with the outline... For her first book, I Am Before I Do, she took a leap of faith into the college lecture circuit, and a new style of speaker was born. She's going to tell us all about that. Renee, hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Sorry. You know, if it works so much better when I turn your mic on. Okay. Should there I say hello again? Say hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Glad to be here. So let's start off with how you got interested in the dating sex relationship genre. Where, uh, what, what led you into that, where your passion for this stemmed from? Okay, nothing that you would think of. Yeah. I owned an advertising agency in Los Angeles, and I was sick and tired of my girlfriends making really stupid bad choices. And I say stupid because, come on, you make a mistake once, you make it twice, but when you make it five, six, seven times, it's just stupid. And I thought, what do you do in advertising? You align buyers and sellers. And I'm like, hey, how come women never align themselves with men when they choose a boyfriend or they go and get married? So I wrote this book, I Am Before I Do, based on marketing concepts. And if you understand marketing concepts, which are basically relationships, then you understand personal relationships. So what were some of the mistakes these women were making again and again? Dating the same man over and over and over again. Now, yeah, he might have looked a little bit different and he had a different name, but it was the same guy over and over and over again. And each time they did go down that road, they expected there to be a different turnout. But hey, it doesn't matter what car you take down that road. It's 
there you go. You know, <laughs> there's the dead end. So they were guys who had addiction problems or like that kind of thing? Oh, or? absolutely. Um, yeah. Heroin addiction. Jeez. Um, <laughs> you boy. know, just um, infidelity, disrespect. Uh, just even if you go away from all like the huge red flags and, you know, what I call sort of damaged men. Right. Uh, there's all just the, the basic instinct of, are you compatible? Like when you think about your friends, right? Don't you sort of choose your friends because they're compatible? You choose roommates because you're compatible? Well, right. some of us do. Some of us do. Right. right, some of us do. How many of us really look at someone and say, hey, I'm really compatible with this person? That's not what women do. They say, hey, we have really great sex. Right. Hey, <laughs> he makes me laugh. Oh, he makes a lot of money. Hey, he's really powerful. It's never like, hey, I could see us down the road together. Right, right. He's got this great car. Yeah, he's got, wow. Oh, he drives a Porsche. Giant. Whatever. And it's convertible. <laughs> right, right. So you wrote the book how long ago? I wrote the book in uh, 2006, um, and it won an award for all of you writers out there, aspiring writers. I was turned down by every major publishing house, and then my book won two awards. Isn't so, that amazing? Yeah, don't let it stop you. I hear that time and time again. So how long did it take you to get it published? And um, I self-published because I, okay. I had the knowledge yeah. being in the advertising industry. And then I did the paperback, which here, presenting Marie with a beautiful so pink beautiful. paperback, which is on Amazon. I love it. It's and so uh, awesome. that came out in 2007. Okay. And right now, um, I am working on my next book, Get Smart About Sexuality, and it's 101 questions that college students have asked me around the country, and that's co-written with a professor at Temple University. So give me a preview into some of those. What are some of your typical questions? Typical questions? Typical or the ones that kind of, you know, nothing floors me. You have to understand, like, I'm standing on stage, and there could be, you know, 400 fraternity brothers in the audience. Imagine, I, I have to be on my game. <laughs> They're waiting um, to shock. They're trying the, to shock you. Right? And, and nothing does. Right. And, you know, and they're kind of like, hey, well, I guess she's cool. I might as well get real and ask her some real questions. Well, I'd say like a f on the funny side, a question would be, so, is touching a boob considered cheating? <laughs> now, how would you answer it, that? Yeah, Dana, I was going to say, is it? Yeah. Dana, how would you answer that question? Intention, I think, would be the what would decide it. If it's an accidental touching, I'd say there's no cheating involved. But if there was kind of a purposeful and it maybe it was a romantic and it was meant to lead towards something, yeah, maybe we're, we're in pre-cheating territory. I'm trying to think of a scenario where you would go up and fondle someone's breasts <laughs> and, it, and nothing else happens, you know, <laughs> that you're just standing in an elevator feeling somebody up and then, you know, the door opens and you just walk out and you're done. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, like, is... is if I touched a man's erogenous zone, is that considered cheating? You know, that's what I would say to that student. I'm, yeah, I'm going with Dana. If I'm rubbing up against it yeah. to, with the purpose of something. Uh, yeah. Another good question. Um, can a girl get pregnant by pre-cum? And that, that, uh, and that is done in quotes, by right, the way. Right, right. And so then I have to talk about how sperm don't really know that you don't want to get somebody pregnant. <laughs> Sperm not smart. Yeah. No, sperm not smart. They're going to swim. That's what they're <laughs> meant to do. Swim. I, I'll bet there would be a lot of questions around pregnancy, how you get pregnant, how, you know. A lot of questions about pregnancy, but, you know, other things. The typical things like, um, why is it that 
this guy at the party last night was like all over me and then this, today he was ignoring me and i'm like really like you, you met really? a guy <laughs> like you have to ask that question so like he was you know flirting with you you know over by the keg but oh this morning he's ignoring you what do you think he wanted no seriously what is it that you think he wanted i'd love to hear it like he wants you to be his girlfriend i don't think so right right or you know other things like um I'm not really quite sure how to handle the situation. I think my roommate's gay. Mm. Um, he hasn't said that to me, but I think he is. Um, should I bring it up? Should I wait for him to bring it up? Right. So it could be all things about you know sexual orientation, um, sexual identity. Um, I don't know. To, why do girls wear so much makeup? Yeah, why? Oh, why, do, why do we do that? <laughs> why do they do that? I, uh, I'm certainly not going to out you here, but I, I have no idea how old you are because you look fantastic i'll tell you i'm 41 and i will tell you being on a college campus it seems like the people the dating has changed a lot since the 20 years ago that i did it so i mean you know between plan b being the new pregnancy go-to thing um this friends with benefits thing didn't exist really when i was dating um so what's kind of the pulse of the college campus now in terms of how how they do it and how it differs from how we did it no, I, you're not outing me. Uh, I'm 46. Yeah, you look great. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, and I find on college campuses they don't know how to date, and yeah. they don't understand that there's a reason for it. But I have trouble convincing people that are 40 that there's a reason for it because, you know, think about what you see in the movies. Remember that movie Hitch? Oh, yeah, yeah. He went on sort of three dates, and then he loved her and was going to spend the rest of his life with her. And I'm like, really? Like two and a half dates and you know that? I don't think so. So they set us up for failure. So on campuses, they're kind of like, what is dating? In fact, a few years ago, I was here on campus at UCI, and we also went up to UCLA, and we interviewed students on video. Mm-hmm. Are you in a relationship? Are you dating anyone? What is dating? And we tried to come up with the top 10 things that students could do on a date that didn't cost a lot of money. Mm. Can you guess what the number one answer was? Sex. No. No. You ready? <laughs> now remember, I'm 46. Go on a picnic. And I'm like, good Lord. Who goes on a picnic? But you know what? It makes sense because what these girls were telling me, guys, listen close. This is really important. Is all you got to do is get a couple sandwiches and a couple sodas and put them in a bag and go for a walk with your with your the, your love interest, you know, sit down, talk, walk. Um, That's so sweet. They they consider dating. <laughs> they consider dating like, hey, come over to my place and we'll watch a movie, and then I'm going to try to have sex with you. Right, right. And do they do it in groups, or they they're still pairing off one by one? Like, I don't know. There used to be a lot of group dating when I. Was I don't find that. Okay. No, I okay. No, I don't find the group dating at all. Okay. And and I I wish they understood. Group yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch, maybe. But I'm hoping that people will realize that there is value in dating. You get to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And come on, think about this. You know that guy that you see sometimes, and he's totally hot. I mean, he's just gorgeous. He looks like a god, right? But you spend some time with him, and he's like the biggest jerk. Right. Now, if you would have had sex with him and swapped bodily fluids, you'd been, you, you would have been like, dang, what... Why did I even think I wanted to go there? Right, right. So you got to give yourself time. So do you have a, um, I'm going to let Dana jump in here, and I'll, I'll ask this one last question, then I'll let Dana jump in. Do you have a prescribed number of dates? You know, I've heard some people say, we have to go out 12 times before I have sex with you. Or, you know, 
Dana and I talked a lot about the rules of, I don't know, how long ago was that? A couple months ago. Um, do you have sort of a structure of, you know, how many times you should go out with a guy before you pull the trigger? I actually do. Yeah. And it's, um, it's based on um, our hormones and the chemicals that course through our bodies. Yeah. So for the I first wouldn't know anything about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for the first two months, there's something called dopamine that um, is playing havoc with our brains. And I always say that dopamine makes us into dopes. Because for two months, you are just, you get that, that you know, that those butterflies in your stomach and you're not hungry and you're just on top of the world. You're smiling and you're giddy all the time and just light on your feet and everything is wonderful in the world. Right. After two months, the real you and the real him starts coming out. Okay. All right. So that third and fourth month, you're figuring out, wow, let me see. Do I really like this person or am I liking them less and less? By the fifth month, if you really like this person and you like spending time with them and they make you feel good about you, you got to watch this. How do you feel when you're with that person? That's when I say go for it. Nobody gets to be my boyfriend until the fifth month. Fifth month. Fifth month. All right. Fifth All right. month. That's, uh, that's serious. So that's like, I don't know how many dates, right? I mean, let's say you go out two or three times a week for, what is that, 20 weeks. That's, uh, yeah, you're, you're getting up to the 60, 70, 80 dates. Yeah, but we don't spend enough time kissing anymore. That's true. That is true. Hey, I mean, true. Dana, when's the last time, you know, you kissed someone that you were interested in and, you know, it lasted more than 30 seconds? Yeah, that's true. It almost, I don't know, it's almost like a, a reflex. It's like, oh, if it's a good enough kiss, it's like, oh, I need to turn this into a score, right? So I don't, like, prolong it for fear of what if it goes away. But I think you're right that kind of, I don't know, making out is something you did, like, for a long time in, excuse me, in extended periods, like, when you were younger. But as soon as, like, sex was available, it seems like that's the thing that people run to as quick as possible. Yeah. Right. And, and I'll tell you, it's kind of like a lost art. And there actually is a reason for the kissing. There's a reason for getting to know somebody's body because it really prepares you for what people call sex, but it prepares you for intercourse. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like the way that our body functions. Does, should we do a little biology lesson here? Go ahead. Okay. You've got my interest. So what happens is what people consider optional foreplay, it's actually not optional at all. It's actually part of what has to happen. Um, and here, realize I should have um, put this disclaimer out. I'm going to be talking mostly about heterosexual relationships, um, especially what I'm talking about right now. But when we talk about general relationship issues, it doesn't matter whether if it's heterosexual or homosexual. It's just certain um, relationship issues that are going to take place, like the dopamine on the brain. It doesn't matter, homosexual or heterosexual. But what I'm going to talk about right now is heterosexual. And so when... Like if a woman's body, when a man is kissing her and caressing her and touching her, and as she is getting more aroused, the uterus and the cervix lift. So the reason that they're lifting is to make room for what, ah. Marie? What has to come in? My favorite thing <laughs> So okay. the uterus and the cervix is lifting to make room for the penis. So when guys say, oh, I'm not into foreplay, I'm like, okay, well, then you're telling me basically you're the size of a thumb because that's how I can figure it out because you wouldn't be able to get in comfortably or it wouldn't be comfortable for the woman. It's supposed to be pleasurable. This is, what are you in such a hurry for? What, you, you got a hot date after this? I am the hot date. 
Slow down. How did I live 41 years and not know that? Yeah, well. Anyway, this lifting. That, okay. All right. That's, that's right. so. That and that's true truth. if you're 15 or if you're 85? The trouble with um, having sex when you're 15 is that your reproductive system is not fully developed. Okay. So if there was a chance that you did get pregnant, it's, um, it's, it's dangerous. It's, it's not the way they make it on MTV and in the movies. Um, I, I actually stand on stage and say what I'm about to say. I don't believe in having sex until you're 21. 21. And there's a reason. Again, we're going to go biological. I'm going to go biological on you. Okay. The frontal lobe of our brain, which is our decision-making area, mm. is not formed until we're 21. I waited till I was 21. Me too. Give me some, girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, my mother used to say, and my mother's probably listening in, uh, boys are going to be around forever. Make a decision. I was a dancer. You want to dance or you want to get pregnant? Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, religious reasons, if you want to wait till you're married, that's between you and your faith. But I ask you to wait until you're 21 when you make better decisions about STIs and pregnancy and just who you're having sex with. I mean... Right. Do you know one person, one person, I mean, besides, well, people that waited later, but said, oh, yeah, man, I had really great sex when I was 15. Ah, baloney. (laughs) Right. Baloney. Right, right. So what else happens chemically? I assume there's something else that happens chemically during the make-out process that, I mean, more more defenses for making out, more making out. Well, yeah, we definitely need, I think, just... um, Kissing is this lost art, and it is, um, it, it is about arousal, and I wish more people just learned how to be better kissers. I always wonder, is there a direct correlation between how well you kiss and how well you're going to be in bed? I think there's a direct correlation to how well you kiss and how well you deliver oral sex. Yeah. I think there's a correlation between that. I had to think, was the FCC going to get me on that word? Uh, yes, but I think there's a, d- a direct um, correlation there. And just a direct correlation between how much time you're willing to take and how, yeah, how into your partner's pleasure you are. I mean, all those things are... Right. And, you know, it's, we have so many nerve endings and so many parts of our bodies that uh, we, we have to realize that, you know, it's a full body experience. Right, right. Not just, you know, two parts. Right, right. You are tuned into the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are on with Renee Allison Spina, and her book is I Am Before I Do. Dana, you want to jump in? Well, yeah, I was, when she was talking about um, the pulse of kind of the college dating scene, I, for some reason I get the impression that maybe more college students than ever before are doing online dating, and I just don't. It's not that I don't get online dating. I understand how it works. I just wonder if Renee would be willing to give us some insight on whether or not she thinks that's, like, the right way to go about it. I love online dating for shy people. Now, Dana, I mean, I can walk in a room and own it in 30 seconds. That's true. I've seen her do that. I I can walk in a room and talk to anybody. But there's a lot of people that can't do that, and they they sit, you know, they're wallflowers. Um, I actually wish I could find more men in this society that had more backbone. I feel like that's missing. Mm-hmm. And for those shy people, 
I, I love it. I mean, years ago, we wrote personals, you know? If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Um, so why not find that? And what's amazing is if you're really looking for somebody that matches you, that's a compliment to you, you can really find that out. But because someone's in college, I wouldn't worry so much about the marriage aspect of dating. Like, am I going to be with this person for the rest of my life? I'm, I'm an advocate for use and abuse your 20s. And I don't mean like use and abuse drugs. I mean, get out there and do everything for you. Ah, when you hit 30, then, you know, look for that special someone. But you can never, ever go backwards. There's no, you know, delete or backwards button. Damn it. No. <laughs> so you, you have no problem with sex before marriage. But you do have a problem, as I've heard in videos of you, that uh, living together before marriage, you are not a big proponent of. Right. I'll tell you why I believe in having sex before marriage. There's, to me, four point factors of a very successful relationship, and one of them is sexuality. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I only like to have sex on a Wednesday afternoon in a green Volkswagen in the shopping center of... Ralph's Grocery Store. That's my personal sexual taste, right? And I marry this guy that I haven't had sex with, and then I find out that he only likes to have sex on Sunday morning on the kitchen floor watching football. How are we ever going to be happy? How, we're never going to be happy. And then that's going to spill out into other areas of our life. So we have to see if we're alike and if we match up sexually. So the only thing I'll say to that is I've heard a lot of couples say either, you know, the dopamine was going strong for a couple of years and she put out a lot of signals that she wanted that she was totally into it. And then the kids came and the dishes stacked up and she lost interest. Um, Whatever happened, something changed. And, you know, either she was into it or he let on he was into it. But somebody somebody was trying to get somebody to the altar and they really weren't into it. No, Um, you know, absolutely. I hear it all the time. Two things. Well, the dopamine's only going to last about two months, and that is why so many people are actually in love with love. They're really in love with the dopamine high, not the person, you know, across from them. Yeah. But since you're across from me, I'm still in love with you, Marie. Thank you. We have a couple months left. We have a couple (laughs) months left. Uh, In a relationship, when you hear about that, you know, the kids come and the dishes are in the sink and she's no longer interested, well, what excited her that day? Mm-hmm. Did her husband call her and say, hey, I really miss you? Did he say, hey, you looked so amazing this morning. I didn't even want to leave you. Mm-hmm. Where was all those little enticing things that we did when we first met each other to make, you know, I, I say in my book, I say and I am before I do, you, you get married, you're like, you're 50% of that person's happiness and sadness. You're 50% of that person's horniness too. Right. Uh, you can't forget about that. The courtship can never, ever go away. And I understand that people have children and then they have duties because of, of a household. But remember, the two of you are the foundation, not the children. The two of you are the foundation. You've got to keep that foundation strong. And intimacy, um, sensuality, is an unspoken communication. It bonds people. It yeah. does. It bonds people. Yeah. And in regards to your talking about people living together. Yeah. This is very important. Listen up. Listen up. Page 98. 
of I am before I do. This is from the National Henner, the National Center, if I can speak, for health statistics. So I did not make this up. One in five marriages will end in divorce within five years. Because, Period. Because people do not make wise decisions. If they cohabit, so if you live together, it goes from one in five marriages to one in two marriages. So we went from wow. 20% to 50% if you cohabitate first. And then one in three marriages will end in divorce within 10 years. 62% will divorce if they cohabit, cohabit first. Um, so the idea is, if you think you can beat the odds, if you think you're so special and everyone thinks they're special, go do it. But me, I'd rather, you know, stack my hand and, and, and have a better chance of beating the odds. So what is it about it? Remember the hokey pokey? You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. You know, you're not in, you're not out. There's no vow. You're not making a promise to anybody. Gotcha. You can do what you want, when you want. And I always say, if somebody doesn't want to marry you, you better ask yourself why. But ultimately, these people got married in these statistics. So they, they ultimately made the commitment. But it feels like there must have been something about it, you know, whatever the signals were put out before or whatever it was that, that then put their marriage at higher risk. But when did they get married? Did they know each other three weeks? Did they know each mm -hmm. other three months? Did they marry someone as they were walking down the aisle, they knew, oh, man, this isn't going to last. Right, right. People know. People, they just, they know, and they do it anyway. You know, there's also a lot of people out there um, that don't feel special. They don't feel special if they have a boyfriend in college. They don't feel special if they, have, um, if they don't have a fiancé, if they don't get married. If I had a dime for every person that asked me, um, how come you're not married? People are scared to be alone, I think. Right? I mean... The, the stereotype of the woman who's unmarried by the age she's 30, you know, it used to be before, sadly, 9-11, you had more of a risk of, you know, terrorist attack, whatever that ridiculous statistic used to be. Um, I don't know. People I, are, I don't know why people are so afraid of being alone, but they are. Marie, I've been asked four times, and yeah. I said no to all four, because I wouldn't have lasted with any of them. Yeah. So isn't it better to say yes to the person that you're going to last with? Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for, yeah, jumping to the altar. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out the psychology of why so many people do, frankly, because uh, it seems to be an epidemic. I mean, I'm married, but it, it does seem to be, you know, people are afraid of being alone or they're, you know, you're right. It's better to be with some, I think that's a lot of people's mentality. It's better to be with somebody, even if it's the wrong person, than to be by myself. And I really don't know why people think that. Yeah, I was up at Oregon State University and... Um, I was speaking on campus, and afterward, uh, a 19-year-old young woman came up to me and said, thank you. Thank you for making it okay that I don't have a boyfriend right now, because I was feeling bad about myself. I said, hey, uh, last time I checked, you're not in college <laughs> to get a boyfriend. You can get one of those outside of college. On Craigslist. And, yeah, on Craigslist. And I said, don't worry. I said, look at me. I'm in my 40s. And I said, and I still have boys. <laughs> so you're going to be just fine. And, you know, another thing, Dana, that um, I wanted to bring up to you, and I don't know if you noticed, but people that are freshmen in, in college and they do that long-distance relationship thing where, it's, oh, I have my boyfriend from high school. I'm like, really? Uh, kick that person to the curb. Have some fun long-distance relationships that just don't work. Right. I know. It's sad. Because some of these people are really 
committed to this dying thing that has no chance of working. And really, I don't actually ever tell them to kick it to the curb because they're just going to be mad at me. I let them learn the hard way, and then it takes two years, and they're heartbroken. Hopefully, they don't do it again. Yeah, I tell them, you know, I say it's your choice. If you like to get text messages uh, that say, I love you, or, you know, the little heart symbol... I said, if that rocks your boat, you go. I'd rather have a man right in front of me that I can hug and kiss. But, hey, you, you, if you like the text messages, go, go on, girl. <laughs> you are tuned into the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are on with Renee Allison Spina. The book is I Am Before I Do. Your other book is, tell me the title. Uh, it's going to be Get Smart About Sexuality. I love that. I love that. Dana, you want to, uh, you want to jump in? Well, I guess since we mentioned the Get Smart About Sexuality, maybe this would be an interesting, um, some interesting topics to delve into this half of the show. Maybe we could start with um, a little more, like a table of contents type, what's going to be in there, and then let's dig in. Well, we're keeping our um, fingers crossed, um, my co-writer and I, the professor at Temple, that uh, Mariska Hargitay of oh, SVU yeah. Yeah. will write the forward for the book, and there's also an amazing um, author named Linda Fairstein, who actually used to run the sex crimes unit in New York City. Wow. And so after that, imagine just a, a very um, basic Q&A, because I'm very into easy formats. Like, look, Marie, if you look at my book here, it's the text is only on like the right side and it's really simple short chapters so you could like pick up this book and you could like open up any chapter and read it you don't have to like go cover to cover perfect yeah. you know with so much going on today and so there would be these this q a and then there would be um, resource information we're going to have some celebrities that are going to answer um, funny questions like you know you guys mentioned johnny depp um in the last hour we're hoping right. that he's going to um, answer a question for us. Maybe Kathy Griffin. She's really oh, funny. Oh, that's great. So it's she's celebrities. Really okay. Yeah, like if you've seen I Am Before I Do, I have a lot of celebrity quotes. Yeah. I have song lyrics. Um, I used like, I was in the business. I was in Hollywood. So I just, you know, I know a lot of people. So I just email them and call them and say, hey, do me a favor. That's great. Yeah, you used to do a talk show with Danny Bonaducci and... I um, did. Mario Lopez. Yeah, Mario Lopez. Dick Clark. How fun. Yeah, that was really a lot of fun. I, I never knew what they were going to throw at me. That was, <laughs> wow. And, you know, it was live television. Like, this is live radio. Always a little nerve-wracking, I know. Always a little nerve-wracking. All right, so back to the table of contents. So there would be, and, and like, imagine just very simple, the, these questions that are just from like I said, all over the place about human sexuality. And, you know, people say, what are you, Renee? I know you're a speaker. I know you're an author. I'm a human sexuality educator. Now, for some reason, when I say I'm a human sexuality educator, people hear, oh, you're a sex therapist? No, 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 no. And then they tell me, like, intimate secrets about their life and how I can help them. And I do what I can to help them or guide them to a therapist if it's something that I can't help with. Or jot it down and put it in a book. Right. <laughs> but hopefully this book is going to clear up, I mean, basic questions. Like, I, I mean, there's things that young women write to me about what they can put up their vajayjay. And I'm like, seriously? Oh, and by the way, let's get something straight right here, women. You mean like and for men. pleasure? Or? I don't know. To me, what they want to be putting up there is not very pleasurable. But... Um, 
Like what? It, it's a vol- <laughs> You know, I, I want to clear something up because I am an educator, and it drives me crazy in, in, in movies and TV shows, talk shows. A man has a penis. A woman has a vulva. Dana, can you say that? Vulva. Vulva. Marie, can you say vulva? Vulva. Thank you. <laughs> the vagina is part of the vulva. So, like, for years, and in the mm. media, we use the wrong, we say the wrong body part. You know, it's kind of like, you know, your tongue is in your mouth. You don't say, that person has a tongue, that person has a mouth. The tongue is, like, you know, part of the mouth. So, we're, we're hoping that in this book, we answer all these questions that college students are currently going online to find the answers to. And those answers online are not always correct. Right, right. Um, so you're kind of like a Dan Savage for the straight oh, set? Oh, 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 boy, gosh, wow. I hit a nerve. You did. Uh, <laughs> I think women's voices have to be heard in sexuality. I think women view sexuality very different. When I'm on a college campus, I handle um, questions about dating and love and sexuality very different than the Dan Savages of the world. Let's just say that. He has his audience and his and his shtick and 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 i've got mine um but i am um very um i guess you could say i'm a feminist and i didn't realize i was a feminist until i saw the gloria steinem documentary last year (laughs) but i am i just believe that um women have to respect themselves um men have to respect us and we have to take care of our bodies we we really really truly do i don't care what you read in magazines um what you see on TV shows. You have to take care of yourself. So what's your beef with him? Uh, totally se- be open. We're not, you know, sexual savage yeah. freaks no, or anything. <laughs> I don't want a defamation of character lawsuit either. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless there are any attorneys out there that want to marry me. <laughs> That's okay. You can just say. No, I just, you, you know, he just, just everybody has different styles. And yeah. it's, it's, everybody wants a kind of clump college speakers all together when you talk about um, relationships and sexuality. And I'm very interested in the sociological aspects of it. So why we behave the way we do. Why do we make bad mistakes? You know, what does it take for us to make better um, better choices? And uh, I think certain speakers like Dan, they're just um, out for the the shock value, shock value. and mm-hmm. trust me i don't i don't want the shock value i want you to learn about yourself and be healthy and i mean believe it or not there's certain foods that you can eat there's a reason that you should exercise you know sexual health is part of your overall health it's not like it's some big secret right right you know i'm not some smarter than average bear that that has figured this out you right. know sexuality um sensuality is not just for reproductive purposes as some religious beliefs will have you um or attempt to make you believe right right it it, it does like oxytocin when you go get a massage have you had a massage recently i'm going tonight oh dana have you had a massage recently dana no (laughs) well you need to go get one because touch when you're touched the oxytocin levels in your brain increase. And guess what that does? It makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so sensual massage. That's another thing couples probably skip out on after they jump to the sex card right away is, you know, you miss out on all of those 
nice, sweet things that, you're right, you did for each other before you started jumping to sex right away. Well, I've noticed that there's people, both men and women, that really love learning about their partner's body. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. every inch of it, and every freckle, and every mole, and what that person loves. And then there's other people that all they're really interested in is, like, the get-off moment. They're only interested in the orgasm. Really? You could do that by yourself. Right. In fact, I really wish more people did. I think you have such a good understanding of your body through masturbation. I mean, right. it's really, and it, it's not this sin that some religious sectors want, it, want to make it out to be. Um, right. So if, if I think if more people did spend time <laughs> with themselves. Yeah, this right, is great. I agree. Hi, Mom and Dad. <laughs> hmm. Four times a week, is that what you advocate? <laughs> Dana, did you have a question in regards to that? I did, actually. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned masturbation, because when you said sex should be reserved till 21, which does make a lot of sense, because it's such an intense uh, experience, just like alcohol is something you shouldn't drink till you're 21, because it's an intense experience. That made sense. But, you know, being young, you do have, I mean, at a very young age, kids are sexual. So, you know, how do you handle that? And so you kind of have a philosophy that, what is your philosophy on masturbation? Is it kind of like you by yourself type thing? Yes, absolutely. If you put yourself in a situation where you where there's the risk of having sex, look, your hormones are going to take over. And you're going to, no matter how much you wanted to say, no, 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 I didn't want to do this, it's going to happen. Um, our hormones are, are what they are. Our drive, our arousal, arousal is there for a reason. So don't, don't do the, oh, I, this is funny, but I love when guys say, well, let's just get naked and lay next to each other. Well, let me just put it in a little bit. What? <laughs> Ladies, don't even fall for that. Let me just put it in a little bit. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I had a, a gentleman, I was at a um, Greek advisor conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and this uh, young man stands up and he's like, do you think it's wrong that I'm kind of leading this girl on, like pretending that I'm her boyfriend because I just need like the, the regular hookup? I was like, yo, buddy, your regular hookup is you and your hand in your dorm room. And that's what I believe. Yes, we kind of want to experiment. But I'll tell you this, oral sex is sex. Anal sex is sex. So don't give me the, oh, the only thing that really counts is vaginal intercourse. Uh Uh-uh. You can get STIs with oral sex and anal sex. And I'll tell you, the last research that I did over the summer was that if you have more than six sexual partners, you have, you go into the high risk sector of getting oral cancer. And this is going to be the first generation that we are going to see with more mouth and throat cancers than ever before in history. Nice. That's sweet. Oh, and especially in Los (laughs) Angeles. Los Angeles was number one or two for gonorrhea. Yay! Go LA! That reminds me of, uh, did you ever see the movie Clerks? It was like a thousand years ago, but the uh, the cult the thing clerks and anyway the the woman in there hadn't had sex with anybody i don't think and but then she came out saying you know well i've had like 65 given like 65 guys you know oral sex and then he said you know be careful going out to the parking lot and try not to give anybody oral sex while you're walking out there yeah it is it's the new it's the new um i don't know go-to thing to avoid i guess to avoid pregnancy i don't know what kids are thinking but um but tell me what that five month you know, so if you're dating somebody for five months, tell me what that 
looks like? What what do you get to do? You get to kiss, I know, but what do you... What keep do you, your clothes on. Keep your clothes on, okay. Keep your clothes on. Absolutely. All right. All right. Look, your urge is there. Drive is there. Arousal is there. Keep your dang clothes on. And you know what? what the whole thing like, well... Maybe I'm not going to be with that person in five months. Well, you know what? If you're not going to be with that person in five months, then what are you doing sharing bodily fluids with them? Right. The, the last uh, statistics were that one in three young women under 20 will get pregnant this year. One in three. Good Lord. And one in five will get an STI. And 80% of them will show no symptoms, which means they could have the STI, the sexually transmitted infection, or the sexually transmitted disease, and then keep passing it around because they won't have any symptoms to know that they're a carrier. Wow. Yeah, so it's nice. go get tested, people. Get right. tested. Don't be putting your mouth anywhere. Don't be putting body parts anywhere. No penetration, no nothing until you see that test. That's impressive. And how long do you advocate people date before they get married? Wow. Dana, she's drilling me here. Sorry. Uh, if I had to put um, a time, I would say four years because wow. you're building, you're kind of banking time. Mm -hmm. And I think this also depends um, on how old you are. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, how old you are, if you want to have children, I definitely believe in the not deciding to um, get married until you've known someone for a year. So you know them for a year, then you decide whether or not you would marry them. So then if you were to get decide at that point, put the wedding out a year, you're getting married at two years. Right. Okay, but a lot's going to come into play. How mature are these people? How complimentary are they? You know, do they like each other's families? You know, if you'll see an I am before I do, there's a whole list I say, I tell you to go through. Sometimes people need the four years to start banking time because once children come into the scene, you don't, you don't have that time for yourself anymore. Right. I, I'm True. also a big candidate um, or advocate for um, marrying somebody in your generation. Yeah. That means right. within four years older or four years younger. Because once you get out of that generation, you know, they just grew up in a whole different in time frame. Right. I have that, that issue with my husband. We're 14 years apart, and there are so many... References I don't get, you know, that I just missed out on. And, uh, and well, you know, vice versa, too. He's not that into 80s music as I am, but uh, that's okay. You know, and, and, and I'll tell you, I tried it. I mean, especially in my 30s, I was very, um, as you'll read in I Am Before I Do, I spent my 20s with one person. If I could go back, boy, would I do it different. But in my 30s, that's when I was trying to figure everything out. And it was great research for the book. And I dated people as, you know, 12 years older, 12 years younger. And it's just incredible when I would talk about, like, being in seventh grade and, you know, doing the hustle to Saturday Night Fever. And some guys were like, what? What? What are you talking about? You know? That's not how I know John Travolta. What are the big flags in relationships that you should, you know, when you're in the caught-up moment, you should really pay attention to? I mean, they're the obvious ones, addiction and, you know, infidelity in their past and all of those. But... Are there things that women should be looking out for that they might not otherwise be looking out for that they should stop and say, huh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll pause here. Does that person give you a supportive environment or a toxic environment? Mm -hmm. um, you know, mental illness is not spoken about in America very often. Like people be like, yeah, I have diabetes, but you don't hear people bragging, you know, 
I've got NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, um, or I'm bipolar. Mm -hmm. Even people that have ADHD, it's very difficult to be in a relationship and have a learning disability or a personality disorder and not have the tools to deal with it. So if you're in a relationship and something is telling you, and your gut is telling you something is not right here, I don't like the way this person talks to me, they're not supportive, they put me down, they don't respect me, you have to listen to that. That's not going to get better. Relationships don't get better down the road. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, is this whole on and off thing that people do. Oh, we've been dating for nine months. Oh, really? You've broken up nine times. That doesn't mean you've been dating nine months, this on and off stuff. Yeah, good, good luck with that. And are there things that if you are married, are there red flags that, you know, this just isn't going to work out? Or that, are you, a, you know, you've made that commitment and you're going down with the ship sort of person? I think when you make the vow and you love that person, you do everything and you can that you can to hold it together. Mm -hmm. When our cars don't work right, we have no problem taking them to a mechanic. So how come we don't spend more time as a couple going to a therapist, sitting in front of that therapist and saying, we need to like, like, our relationship's making noise, just like our car makes noise. What can we do to smooth that out? And sometimes it's, it's a little thing, like, I had a couple recently and the woman never made the bed in the morning. And he said, if she loved me, she would. And I turned to her and I said, you don't love him, do you? I do. I'm like, well, then make the bed. Right. What does it take you, 30 seconds? Stop being so dang selfish. Somebody brought up those five love languages. Have you ever read mm -hmm. that book? Yes. And uh, yeah, it, it, that resonated with me that there are just different ways to show people you love them. And, you know, we don't all share the same ones. And so if somebody's into having the bed made, you know, which just wouldn't have even occurred to somebody else that that would be a big deal but then that person's like you know why don't you give me a back massage every night you know i guess this, you I this guess is you what i me. tell men ask your woman honey what makes you happy and if she says the third thursday of every month i would love to have a jar of creamy peanut butter not the kind with the chunks i'd like the creamy peanut butter on the third thursday of every month in his head he better know to make this woman happy on the third thursday of every month i got to get that jar of peanut butter to her right it's that simple Right. Just ask. And you're right. People like different things. Some people like you to spend time with them. Some people like to hear I love you. Um, some people like you to leave little notes or little cards. Just ask. Right, right. And, and, and men will normally tell you. Men have no problem. But women are cagey. Please, just say what you mean. If you mean yes, say yes. If you mean no, you mean, especially when it comes to consent and sexuality. Yes means yes, and no means no. Stop with that garbage that I see in movies. But tell the man. I love when women say to me, well, if he loved me, he would know what to do. Oh, A friend of mine who's been married like 28 years just said that to me yesterday. She said, I've been withholding sex for seven years, waiting for him to get the message that I'm really mad. And I'm like, wow, you, <laughs> wow. Okay. Or you could just tell him you're really mad. No, perfect. <laughs> and see what she did? She with held sex so guess who didn't get the pleasurable experiences for seven years she didn't right which means she's not healthy it's impossible to be healthy and not have sexuality in your life you have to have sexual health in order to have overall health yeah you got that dana <laughs> i do you better go get a massage you better get touched get that oxytocin increased you're going to be happy you're going to be walking around with a smile on your face 
I like it. What what's up, Dana? Do you wanna you wanna chime in? Well, I I I'm listening, kind of getting a the gist of her system and I guess I'm curious, what is her take on pornography for use when masturbating? Well what is pornography to you? What does that mean? Well, what does that word mean to you? Really any kind of um stimulus outside of your own thoughts, I guess. Okay, because like uh Pictures, I, I have visual, a, yeah. stories, videos. Yeah. Oh, stories, okay. Yeah. I have a friend, um, friends, they're a couple, it's a couple. And he knows that um, whenever Barry Manilow was in town, he had to get tickets to take his wife because she'd come home from that concert and attack him. Barry Manilow. Oh, Barry Manilow. You, you never think that first, that's people. pornography. Barry yeah. Manilow. <laughs> because the love songs, that was her porn that's what aroused her that's what turned her on and i'm like buddy you don't need to go to a concert just you should be playing that stuff every night (laughs) (laughs) um i i think that there's really healthy pornography i think that um it helps you i think fantasies are fabulous and um whether you're watching it by yourself or with a significant other i think it's a good thing um i have kind of have two butts to that one is if you it becomes an unhealthy state. If you're staying in your room and you're masturbating six, seven times a day to pornography, I'm going to say, hmm, that's telling me that you're you're not functioning um, in the real world. You know, you're living in your dorm, and you most most likely are going to have um, some type of intimacy issue with with other people. And the other thing is, is what kind of, of pornography you're choosing. Um, hopefully, you're not choosing pornography um, with young children. You're not choosing um, pornography where women were harmed or men were harmed. So I, I do believe that there is um, a healthy pornography out there. And we need to stop making pornography a bad word. We need to stop thinking that the word erotic is a bad word. Erotic just means pleasurable. But we've turned it into something... Um, bad. It's it's amazing what we've done with history and 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 time. It makes me vomit to bring this up because I'm so sick of it. But I'll just say it. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I know. I'm so so tired of it. Uh, okay. I That's choked. all I wanted to know. That okay. was the choke noise. Do we, do we have any sound effects on this board? Do we have like unfortunately a, we can make our own though. So you're uh, you're anti. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read it? No. Here's what I'm happy about. I'm really happy that it got people talking about sexuality. It's just, why did we have to go from zero miles per hour to 60 miles per hour? Why can't we talk about sexuality and have it be healthy? Why did we have to go right to BDSM? Why? 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 Why can't um, couples, like I said, you know, want each other and, and desire each other and make and be attractive for people? Uh, A gentleman I was talking to last week, he's like, I don't know, you know, my wife never wants to have sex with me anymore. I said, well, describe to me what happens when you get home. And his story basically went, well, you know, I get home, and he's, what he does is very physical, so he's usually very sweaty and dirty when he comes home, and he says, I grab something to eat, I sit on the couch, I go, okay, so let me get this straight. You didn't go up and take a shower, you're not smelling good, and women are so... Um, taken in by a sexy scent. You know, men visual, but women, if something smells good or sounds good, they get turned on. Right. I said, so you don't smell good. I said, and then let me guess. Are you the type of guy that sits on the couch having your dinner and your beer and you're burping and farting? And he's like, well, yeah, why should I have to hide that from my wife? And I said, 
in what like decade what century do you think that a woman is going to find smelly stinky farty burpy men sexual and go oh i can't wait to get some of that (laughs) you see my point here right right but guys, you come know, on. I'm going to make this little plug that I do think people who get married, this is oh, oh, grossly overgeneralized, but I do think people who get married have this mentality that you took me for better or for worse, we're done here, I don't have to court you anymore, I'm going to gain 100 pounds, um, uh, you know, I know that when we met, you know, I worked out every day and I went to concerts and I did this and that. But, you know, now I have this ring, and I don't really have to put forth that much effort anymore. And you still have to love me, because that's what you signed up for. And uh, I see that a lot. And I see it a lot in Orange County. The women look fantastic in general, you know, with all of their working out stuff. And the guys have really... Dana, it was the exception here, because Dana's in better shape than any guy I've ever seen. But Can uh, I see your muscles? You can... <laughs> You can bounce quarters off of Dana's shoulder blades for sure. But um, anyway, uh, you know, in general, that that seems to be people's attitudes. I don't get it. it. Uh, There's no fairy dust at the wedding ceremony. You're marrying the person that's in front of you. But we need to change our mindset uh, about marriage. We need to understand that you're courting that person for life. Again, Again, 50% of that person's happiness sadness and everything in between if you're not going to make me horny i'm going to go find somebody who is if you're not going to you know put help me be in an environment that's supportive and lets me feel beautiful and happy and sensual i'm going to go find somebody who does right you can't give up on it and if you love that person you take the time to do all those things we live in this world where Really, how important is how important is it to always check your email, always be online, um, always get wrapped up in all of the crazy things? You know, okay. if you love that person, you take the time to do those little things for them. It's so, 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 so important. Right. Sadly, um, we're uh, we're drawing down on our time. Would you have one? Last no, yeah. Thing? Well, you touched you touched on something, and um, I don't know. I was going to read a little part out of the book, but I think that people should buy the book. There's two should. <laughs> You know, you know, this book was really written for you to buy it for every female friend you have that continues to make crazy, dumb, stupid decisions. The, yeah. the, the, the girl that won't listen to you, you give her this book and say, here, read this seven times. And if that doesn't work, read it another seven times till you till it gets in your head. But there's one thing I want to bring up here, the most important thing that impacts everything, and that's our self-worth. Mm. Because when we have high self-worth... We're going to take care of ourselves and we're going to make good decisions about who we put in our life, who we have relationships with, um, who we have sex with, how we have sex, um, just who we're handing our heart to. Who are you handing your heart to? You better love yourself enough to hand it to somebody that's going to take care of it. Right, right. Your heart and your vulva. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> your, and your muscles. And, vulvas and your muscles. <laughs> Dana, any last words? No, I think... Um Renee has a really interesting system, and it's something that honestly piques my interest. There's a lot of ladies that have, you know, their idea of how things should work that oftentimes sound disingenuous and kind of violent or underhanded. I think her um, her general idea is you need to focus on you first before you can even try to be in a decent relationship. Yeah. Right. How can you make a commitment to someone else? You haven't made a commitment to yourself yet. Right. Right. 
I like it, Renee Allison Spina. Thank you so much. We find you at IamBeforeIDo.com. Correct. We can follow you on Facebook. Yeah. Correct. We can follow you on Twitter. Not yet. You know, I just started it. I'm starting okay. this whole um, rock star sex ed thing. I love that. Yeah, That's I think awesome. I'm a rock star. I'm a new really book is coming it. out, so we're going to watch for that. And uh, you can buy her book on Amazon. It is I Am Before I Do. That is all the time we have for today. Dana and I will be right back here with you next Friday night, 5 o'clock. The topic is abortion. We're having a uh, little panel discussion of women who have undergone abortions, and they are going to share their stories and insights on that. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned. Andy Vasoyan is coming up uh, midnight in, uh, it's like midnight in Andy's basement. That's not what it's called, but... <laughs> Stay tuned, and uh, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We will keep rocking. Check it out while I'm the master of balance with multiple talents. Provide the landscape, baby, you provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm roundabout And it's better than a kick in your freaking mouth These words might scare you Make you tremble and double dare you Now we're always learning Always listening and very burning You're not checking the resume